nerds. Welcome to Geek Beast, part of the Geekish Network. This is your daily rundown of geek news from geeks like you. I am your host, Summer Punch, and guess what? Today's Monday, and I am here. I'm here on Monday. It's been a while. It's been a while, but I am back mm. to talk about the news in all seriousness. <laughs> it is namely sober seriousness because it's not the Friday show. It's been a while since I've been, I missed you guys. I well, it guys. has been a little bit of time. I can't I believe know. it. Yo, what a wonderful way to bring in the week. Yo, Mondays, ladies and gentlemen. I keep trying to tell y'all, you get your Monday started off on the right foot. The rest of the week's gonna be a breeze. Mm. And that's how I know the rest of my week is gonna be a breeze because you have arrived off of Mount Olympus, off of your <laughs> birthday mountain, mountain Olympus. Oh my gosh, she she just turned 21. Just you reveal so much. You reveal so much. Mm. I am older and one year wiser. <laughs> I don't know about the technically wiser part, but a year older. That's cool. <laughs> I got so excited about being back that I skipped the intro. And also, I think this might be the first show where it's just you and me, Sintel. Right? Right. No so I don't way. have my Chuck and Sintel kind of thing. Okay, so Yo, Chuck's not here. Rails. We're going to forget about Chuck. But we have... Sindel. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't the same like kind of rhythm, but you know, it's you and me now. It's just me and you. Ah, yeah, the old school jam. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, come on with your geeky self. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like, okay, so get, forgive me. I might be a little rusty on the news because I'm not here talking about it five days a week with you, but let's just jump straight into it it's about DD for our true nerds out in the chat right now a new version of DD is coming soon monsters of the universe is your next first taste so dungeons and dragons publisher wizards of the west coast best gaming company name by the way ever just full stop mm-hmm. period is currently working on a tightrope their seminal tabletop role-playing game turns 50 50 years old in 20, 2024 right that's kind of that's kind of a while some og gamers before gaming yeah. was really even like digital. Uh, and developers Real. are busy building a game's new, the next version to go on sale during that window. But at the same time, D&D is more popular than ever. The jewel yes. of Hasbro's crown. I didn't know it was Hasbro, that's interesting. Along with the Magic Gathering is ranking in money hand over fist, which is like genuinely shocking because it's tabletop and there's just not that many ways to monetize that. But anyways, they're coming out with a new one. Um, Sorry, I know you're a D&D player. What do you think? Yo, yo, I am. And and yo, and, and hat tip to the creators of the tabletop gaming experience because that's 50 years of nerd wedgies, and I've been privy <laughs> to a lot of those nerd wedgies. But look, it's always good to see something grow and expand. And like you were saying about tabletop gaming and how it is absolutely and completely exploding. Like there, there's live action tabletop games that have real voice actors, some real actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, we even have folks like Henry Cavill, who's having full-blown <gasps> D&D sessions oh with God. real directors and producers. <laughs> uh, there's a full-blown animated series that's about to come out on uh, on Amazon, if I can remember correctly. Yeah. I forgot Ooh. the name of it. The Vox Machina, I think that's the name of it. Uh, it is turning into a really huge moneymaker. And a lot of that had to do with the pandemic. People were home. People mm. were maybe tired of playing video games and looking at their television screens all day long. And one of the best places to find entertainment is getting lost in here. Mm. That's what tabletop gaming provides. Mm-hmm. Are you a fan? Have you created a character? Are you rolling on them dice? Yes, I've played. Actually, it's funny that you say that the pandemic got people to play because I thought for me, it was actually Stranger Things. I'd always wanted to play d d 
Uh, I remember back in high school when I was a cheerleader, shh, don't tell anyone. Um, <laughs> and I, we would be practicing and then I would see the nerds, you know, cause it's high mm-hmm. school, whatever they're clicky. And I see the nerds and I wanted to play D and D with them so bad. I saw them and they were, looked like they were having so much fun. And like, I remember everybody was like, what the fuck are those kids doing? I don't even know. But somehow I understood when they were like just around a table and their, their silly little grid map out. And they just like uh-huh. had all these character voices. And I was like, God, that looks like so much fun. But I was scared of them. I thought that they would reject right. me and they probably thought <laughs> I would have been mean to them. I don't know. It was a, it was a lovers from afar slash friends, uh, D and D players from afar kind of scenario. Never got to play with them, but eventually I did get into it when stranger things came out and it really popularized it. And it made me realize that I, I still really want to play. Luckily I was working with some people who started a game, brought me into it because they said they knew I was interested and the rest is history. Um, but I'm a rogue. I'm a tiny little rogue. And I just uh, I just ninja chop people. Usually I hop on, back <laughs> and on the back of like a knight that I'm with. And it's usually like a pretty uh-huh. good duo, you know, <laughs> chop, 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 take out half of the enemies before anybody even wakes up in a cave. And then I'll mm-hmm, see. I know. You but it's, absolutely can, can roll the squad. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. It's crazy, well, though, like how much of like a connection that you can feel with people playing that game and that you said that like kind of it's all up here you know like yeah. really like just i don't know video games you don't have quite the same intensity of like gameplay right and you would think that it would be the opposite right but right the games that i've played with my friends like i remember I remember those experiences like we really trekked through, you know, like the Himalayan mountains right. and and like slay like, <laughs> you know, an army of trolls together. Like me, me and my D&D friends, like we go way back and like my memories with them are not in this world, you know, and my imagination was filled in so deeply with that experience with them. And it's just, oh, man, I wish everybody could understand and experience that level of gameplay and that level of like imagination and connection. So I'm glad that it's, I'm glad that it's thriving. That's just, I'm just happy for that. I'm just yes. Happy. Yeah. You said something that that's really key too. And I think it, it actually circum, circumcised what, what, what I was saying regarding the pandemic. And that is you referenced stranger things. Mm. Um, stranger things hit the scene by, by storm and like blew up. It was like a super hit for Netflix uh, just before the pandemic came out. And of course, mm-hmm. if you have not, if you're not privy to stranger things, you've never played it. A big chunk of the foundation of the story is based in Dungeons and Dragons. There's a bunch of mm-hmm. these little kids that play Dungeons and Dragons and then stranger things kind of happen and it just opened the doors for it. But you are also right about that. It's something about going through it, going through the shit yeah. with your friends, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then just having those moments. And, and, and you know what else thing I think of one of the things that is that is so truthful about D&D is that it brings out your truth. Like your homie who might be docile, might not really say a lot, is all of a sudden like a fifth level barbarian and they're screaming from the top of their lungs, talking about kill them all, let God sort them out. You're like, whoa, who are you? And you strike me as that type. Do you you have a D &D voice? Do you have a character voice? Hmm. I don't I have multiple voices actually depending on the character that I play as because I've played a few different games, but anything that sounds like slightly evil, you know, like my characters are always really like morally torn, you know, like does you want to be a good person? I don't really don't want to hurt people, but I really like fucking shit up. So I guess you could say chaotic good. I usually play chaotic good. Okay. All right, good. Neutral, Yo, we got it. But they never really play game evil, running. which is like so boring, you know? I don't know. 
Oh, so right. Does. You got to spice it up. Uh, if, if, and you already know me since we've we've been doing this for so long. I have a I have a penchant for for villainry. You know, oh. I would absolutely be a super villain. I would not be a super. I would probably be a super villain. And I love to play a character that has a little bit of that. I don't know. Could he? Could he not <laughs> stab me in the back? It's just it's just kind of fun to kind of escape. Uh, mm. We've had some really fun games with, with Charles, who's in the chat. Yo, what's up, Big Pippin? We miss you, man. Yo, my man Johnny Randolph. Courtney's been a part of the group as well. Yo, John mm. Russman, you are absolutely invited. And of course, the man in the sky, Rodney. We need to get one going and then put it on here. Tons of fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we were saying that like a year ago. I think it's high time we yeah. do that now. Mm. And by the like, the villainy thing, that like mm-hmm. part of that like doesn't surprise me at the same time because you're so you're you're like a, we always joke about how you're the Care Bear, right? You're so kind and pure. You're definitely like the moral core of the show, which I really love about you. you know, but the fact that you're saying that you want to be a villain, I, I get that though. I get that because like I, I don't know, like I. I don't want to like go full villain, but I love like dabbling in that because like I know I can't like actually be bad in real life. I don't want to be bad in real life, but like there's something kind of fun about the fantasy of it. So I feel like the more right. good a person is, the more they like the villains in in stories and characters. Mm, see, play like against more- <laughs> So just just want to jump in real quick. We are definitely yeah. one of our 2022 goals is definitely to have D and D back on. Mm. The Geekish mm-hmm. Network. So we did have yes. Dice and Burritos before, but that went on hiatus. But we're definitely working on not one, but probably at least two D&D related things. So Good. let us know. We'll definitely nice. talk about it, but we're definitely having that. We're definitely going to have it. <laughs> Yo, and I challenge anybody, if you're playing D&D, play something that makes you feel a little uncomfortable. It's a fun place to explore, mm-hmm. you know? It's to explore the, the inner depths of of who you are. You know, have mm. fun with it. It's a safe space is all I'm trying to say. We're all just in this situation. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, on to uh, the next story. Batgirl Ivory Aquino. Well, that is a cool name. I don't know if I said it right. To play Alicia Yao. Oh, my God, the names. The names here. Guys, sometimes it's hard hosting. Uh, I think Yao, Yao, maybe. Yao. I think it's it pronounced Yao. Yao, okay. All right, an okay. HBO Max movie deadline. All right, so when they see us, uh, Tales of the City has joined the cast, or uh, sorry, uh, ugh, Ivory Aquino um, from mm-hmm. the show or movie, when they see us, Tales of the City has joined the cast of Batgirl in the upcoming superhero form, The Bad Boys for Life, uh, Aldi L. Arby and Bilal Farah. Good lord, these mm-hmm. names just this is, this is advanced <laughs> level scripting right here. All right, anyways, it's all good. <laughs> uh, damn, I forgot about this part of the show. Just uh, 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 live reading this shit. All right, anyways, someone's gonna play Batgirl or Batgirl's friend in Batgirl. First okay. of all, have you seen the Batgirl trailer? What do you think? Uh, I've seen the Batman trailer. I haven't seen the Batgirl okay. trailer. Not, not like that I'm opposed to it. This, right? I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. Not to object yeah, to anybody, but it. she is so fine. Like I saw, I'm like, wow. And I don't. It made me question some things. It made me question <laughs> some <laughs> things. <laughs> You're like that spandex is really working she's, for her, though, right? It's she's just- <laughs> beautiful. She's not just beautiful. She's like, I'm sorry. I I always do this. I always bring us down into the muck, and like, I'm sorry. This this girl is worth so much more than what she looks like, but. Also, I'm sure that didn't help hurting the casting. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, what I'm no, saying. Well, listen, listen. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, there, there's an interesting conversation for that because one of one of the things that 
attracts a lot of early uh, comic culture and comic geekdom is being lost in the fantasy of seeing these beautiful superheroes. That's why they're kind of drawn the way they were in the earlier times. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, we, we've evolved and we've and we've progressed past past looking at just that being an asset of 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 your superhero. So if there is like a bit of a hat tip to be like, okay, we do want to admire the human form once again for a moment. I don't think there's anything wrong with it as long as you're not just leaning on that primarily is all I'm saying. But there's nothing mm. wrong with being a beautiful superhero. And I don't oh, think, I don't think there's like, anything wrong with that at all. You shouldn't shake your finger at it. That's, that's just <laughs> a little personal. Thank tip. you. Thank you for that forgiveness right there. <laughs> I needed it. I questioned myself. Sometimes it's hard just being, you know, it's just it's like, am I, am I the bad guy right now? But no. She's back up because she's so fucking fine. And she's making me question things. And I don't know. I feel fine with that, actually. Anyways, on to the next story. Fans are suing suing Universal Studios Pictures. Sorry, Universal Pictures because of a 2019 movie that didn't include Anna Del Armas, says IGN. So two fans of Anna Del Armas are suing Universal, alleging that they were duped into renting a 2019 movie called Yesterday because the actress appeared in the trailer, but not the final cut of the film. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder if that goes afoul against truth in marketing, false advertising. I mean, she sounds like she's somebody that brought in viewers and they yeah. were not served her face or yeah. presence. I don't know how I feel about that. Okay, so I think it was I think it was Scream 2, right? Mm-hmm. And there was like, oh, I remember the previews came out and there was Jada Pinkett. Jada Pinkett was all over the place. And everybody was also like, oh my God, Jada Pinkett's going to be in, in the Scream movie and this, that, and the third. Like she dies within like the first five minutes of the, mm. of the opening mm. of the opening scene and everything. We've all had And everybody experience. was like, yo, are you kidding me? We thought we was going to see Jada and it just didn't turn out. And had I known that I could have sued the company, yo, I'd have been on that back in like 97. I, we can sue for this? I didn't know that. I didn't know that was a part of the game. Um, I'm a hater, so I hope they don't win. <laughs> it's just part of marketing. Okay, no. this this story, as outrageous as it already is, it actually gets a little bit better. So according to the Hollywood Reporter, um, the people who sued claimed that they each paid $3.99 to watch yesterday on Amazon Prime after they checked out the trailer for the musical rom-com. Uh, <laughs> musical rom Just, all right, okay, it gets better. Yeah. Uh, which featured De Armas. However, they later discovered that the actress's scenes had been removed from the Beatles-inspired film. So they're getting really upset about this $3.99 rental. I feel like there's got to be a different point to this because that is, that is, that just does the the math just doesn't add up. You know, that the time, you know, like the the time that it took this journalist to write this article, like it does that, you know, the the lawyers involved, like the people who have to respond, the time that it took to file this lawsuit, like somehow the value I don't know. It's just a guess, but I feel like it exceeds $3.99. So you know how lawyers just get a little tricky sometimes? They're like, we're going to sue based on principle because we want to open the floodgates to whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't know. I feel like that's, I feel like I smell that in the water right now. Smell? No, I mean, it smells, it smells like bullshit. Yeah. You're right on the money. You know, but you know what though? Here's the thing about this weird, crazy world that we live in now. I remember Back in the day when somebody sued McDonald's because they ordered some hot coffee, they got the coffee, drove away, put the coffee in their lap. I guess they Mm. hit a bump and the coffee spilled and burned their lap. Mm, They sued McDonald's and won. So I don't put it past a lawyer being savvy enough 
to use enough legal mumbo jumbo and jargon to be like this three dollars could have been invested in this then the third and that potential loss of income could have potentially had them a house so we're suing for five million and the judge like yeah you know he makes a good point mm. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the craziness of the world that we live in right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's but where the mouse as, comes in. So as a result of this revelation, <laughs> the two film fans are seeking compensation of five million dollars for that for that trauma for the trauma <laughs> of being moderately let down. <laughs> I, and that feels about right. That feels. I take everything I said back about the the math. And I, I think that that feels fair. Five million dollars. I mean, not that I want to be on this. This is make. This is what's making me uncomfortable. Not. I don't like being on the side of any business. Period. Well, not any business, but especially a large one like Universal Studios. Like, this is a weird position to put me in. But this is just frivolously litigious. Frivolously litigious. That's my. That's my final word on that. <laughs> I'm here for it. It's, it's hard to say it. Frivolously litigious. Say it five times. Frivolously fictitious. There's a lot of F's, and I got saliva yeah. on my mic now. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm blaming you. And, I, and, I, and now I'm going to sue the microphone company because they allowed me to have saliva on my microphone. Hey, big shout outs to the funk in the chat. He said uh, regarding the McDonald's issue, he said uh, there was this was a legit issue of McDonald's storing their coffee at exceedingly high temperatures than it is safe for consumption. He said mm. you got played by Mickey D's lawyers trying to undercut the real victim here. Uh, mm. I mean, I guess. I mean, they absolutely they must have absolutely used that game plan to make that suit happen. So there you have it. Mm. I've heard both sides um, of that of that case too. That's just like, come on, lady, just don't spill your own coffee in your lap. But then also the side that defunct sites right there saying that, like, I guess the temperature was like basically still boiling. Right. When they handed it over. (laughs) And I think that McDonald's, as a result of that case, I think that they don't just heat up the water quite as high because it's just dangerous when they hand it over. No. Yeah. yeah. I guess she got like pretty bad, like like third degree burns, like all over her, her like waist and her uh, her pelvic region, which is obviously not a good time. Either way, um, people be suing people in America. Yeah. Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, so on to another story. Meta has built an AI supercomputer, surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. And it says it will be the world's fastest by the end of 2022, which is only, you know, this year. It says The Verge. So the social media conglomerate Meta AKA Facebook, you're not you're not fooling anyone, all right? Your Facebook is the latest oh, tech what? company to build an AI supercomputer. I kind of thought they already had supercomputers. That was basically their whole algorithm thing. So the high-speed computer designed specifically to train machine learning systems, if it, to get scarier. Um, the company says its new AI research super cluster, or RSC, is already amongst the fastest machines of this type in the world. And when completed by mid-2022, it's going to be the world fastest. And a quote from Meta, aka Facebook, has said that Meta has developed what we believe is the world's fastest AI supercomputer said Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg. Do you trust anything he says at this point? Hell no. Hell no. No. No, I do think this will be used for nefarious intentions, for marketing purposes, in order to squeeze more money out of people that want to advertise on the platform. Mm-hmm. But if there is, I have to, if I have to play devil's advocate, the mm. whole big thing, right, is like metaverse, metaverse, metaverse. Everything is pushing yeah. the metaverse. And right now, in order for you to have that sensation or that feeling that you're in the matrix, we are worlds away from that. Like there's just not enough processing power and not enough infrastructure and hardware and processing speed or any of that. 
So if you are going to try and move in that direction to kind of jump into like the metaverse, I would assume you would probably need some high computating processing power. Because I know that's a very big deal for Meta is to create the metaverse. But I still think they're going to use that power for evil instead of just that. More so first. Use it for evil first. Yeah. I think that's one of their <laughs> And then maybe we'll do it for entertainment. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just a bunch of <laughs> hand rubbing and sneering going on behind closed yeah. doors. So <laughs> How about you? How are you feeling about all of this? I mean, what is it to say? Like anything, I, literally anything that Facebook does at this point, they have so they have lost so much social capital and yeah. and trust in everybody that like anything that they do is basically just going to be tarnished with suspicion and just resentment. I mean, like just off the top of my head, Facebook is responsible for toppling like, or at least destabilizing like four different countries, like countries, you know, like Myanmar, (laughs) US definitely is one of them, Uh, Tunisia, right? Or maybe that was Twitter. I don't know. Either way, like they're, they're just out of fucking control and we don't need them to have more power, even if it means just computing power. Or not just computer, especially computing power. They cannot be trusted. Somebody needs to just take that shit away. You know, like not not anymore. Not it's just they're just I don't know. Like what at what point can they do now that is good in just any way, period. Right. And what do they need supercomputers for? Like give the supercomputers to NASA. Okay. Like <laughs> let them figure out, like give it to the climate scientists, like have them figure out some computational models that will forecast like what we can do to fucking end this like, you know, climate change. They need right. the supercomputer processing power because apparently it's actually very intense to just like create all of those like predictive algorithms or predictive models of how climate change. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I digress. But Facebook doesn't need it because, you know, the only thing that they're going to do is they're going to use it to sell us more shit and keep us yes. on their metaverse longer than we need yeah. to be there in the first place. It is Don't just, forget tracking you. <laughs> yeah, which they already do. Don't forget tracking you. you it's bad enough you my phone's already listening to me. <laughs> now you're going to make it smarter so it can even be more slick about how it listens to me. I just, yeah, it's just. Mm. I mean, we literally. Uh, but it's inevitability, right? It's inevitability. Yeah. It doesn't have to be though. Ooh, ooh, I don't know if I if I just accept that. I don't think it's an inevitability. I feel like if we didn't have the government that we have, then it might not be an inevitability. But you know, we do. So I don't mm. know. Until like millennials but, and Gen Z take over, then maybe it'll say that. <laughs> true, true. Big and big Gen shout X, out to right? uh, John Russman. Big shout out to John Russman in the chat. He said, uh, "Yeah, that computing power for NASA. He's for that now." Let's not forget John Russman that they put somebody on the moon with the computing power of a pocket calculator so yeah. um <laughs> you might not that's even necessarily a, a supercomputer just just to give a heads up uh defunct the computer is targeted towards language recognition the pr spin is to cover is to cover that this kind of processing isn't as demanding as for actual scientific analysis all right sure Shut so that we can Facebook. we don't believe it yeah, <laughs> don't believe but that. thank you defunct for reporting mm. in from the world yeah. Um, from the internet itself. Oh, I miss that. I miss Defunct just letting us know what the fuck is up. Um, yeah, I mean, I can actually see that process. You need a lot of processing because they're probably trying to translate people's voice and 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 speech in real time for other languages so that people across the metaverse can, you know, understand each other in each other's languages. You know, like if you spoke French and I'm speaking, you know, Cantonese, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to have to translate that not only in real time, that's a lot of processing power, but also going both ways. So you're being translated into one language 
I'm being translated in simultaneously both directions. So, I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what they're doing it for. That also sounds pretty useful. Mm. So I'm going to just assume that that's not what they're doing. Um, but, mm. you know, this is a moderately newsy show, so I'm just going to keep it to what the actual article says. And then, of course, <laughs> yeah. what the informs us because he's literally never wrong. Um, yeah. yeah, and this is about hot takes, too. Let's not get it twisted. We, we're we not really vetting. <laughs> not that serious, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're it's watching just, us with actualness, you need to, you need to review some shit, right? We can send you some more, more qualified sources than us. point sure. you in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> Big facts. All right, let's go. <laughs> All right, on to another one. Actual news story. U.S. athletes have been told to use burner phones at the Beijing Winter Olympics because you mm. know the United States does not trust China. They probably mm. don't want them using their actual real phones. They don't want them being tracked. They don't want them being bugged and bring that shit back home. We're just revealing everything that they'd be doing in the actual mm. Olympics. So they're just told to use burner phones, which does not sound suspicious at all. And I hope uh. that they're not using it to get any sort of nefarious drugs, which is, is that usually the, the burner phone? I don't know. Uh, Maybe the You don't want to get locked up in, in China. Though. Let me tell you that. I mean, whatever nefarious deeds that you're doing, yeah. <laughs> don't do it in China. Please don't. I've seen locked up abroad. You don't, don't want that heat. <laughs> All right, so the, uh, the U.S., Great Britain, Canada, and the Netherlands have also um, cautioned athletes against bringing their personal electronic devices into the country. Um, so the committee's fears are, aren't completely unfounded. In 2019, China was caught secretly installing spyware on tourists' phones, average tourists, who entered in from um, Jiangjing region. And this heavily surveilled area is populated by the Uyghurs. Ooh, we know a lot about them. And predominantly Muslim ethnic minority that China has subjugated to imprisonment and torture. AKA, they're in genocidal camps, which is really scary. Um, in addition, research uh, research group Citizen Lab found that China's uh, that China's My 2022 Olympic app, which it, which all attendees are required to install, is full of security holes that could lead to privacy breaches, surveillance, and hacking. Mm. So, the burner phone is probably not a bad idea. Yeah, yeah. There was a I, I, I read I read Brock's book when it came out, and he did make a, a reference to China and their technology, and the fact that uh, he he. Obama was, was known for having this BlackBerry with him and he wasn't even allowed to like bring his own personal BlackBerry and they had to have like, I guess like these tents or whatever it is that they could go in that kept radio signals or whatever Wi-Fi signals from coming in in order for them to use their own security on Air Force One. Like that's how high tech it is in China. And then one of our co-hosts, uh, Chuck, he's been overseas as well. And he has also said uh, about um, how high tech their their hacking ability is like you don't even necessarily even have to have your phone on from what i'm hearing like it's that good like you just have you just bring it in there and they have a way of getting into it and doing whatever it is that, that they're going to do with it so yeah leave leave your hot phone with all your 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 crazy pictures and and, and exploits at home just pick up a burner phone from the little five and dime nickel store that's 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 in the airport lobby and keep it moving because they will get a hold of your info Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what else I wanted to talk about, actually, since I'm on here here on a Monday? And I know I'm just thinking about this like two minutes before we're supposed to close. But I actually wanted to talk to you guys about, and too bad Chuck's not here too, about the Activision Blizzard acquisition by Microsoft. Oh. Did you guys already mm-hmm. talk about it on the show? Yeah, we talked about it briefly, but there's always a different angle and I want to hear yours. 
Damn. So, uh, I mean, I can't spit off all of the, the the newsy facts about it off the top of my head, but basically Activision has been acquired by Microsoft. I think it was for like 68 million, billion, something like billion. that. Billy, Billy. Billy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like literal shock. Monstrous. From, that's yeah. insane. <laughs> also, I, I don't know if this is too much of a hot take, but I might wager that that is probably an over... I might, somebody's probably going to come at me for this, but it might be an overvaluation of that because Call of Duty, yes, it's the biggest fucking game of all time, but they're mm-hmm. struggling to stay relevant, you know? And they just continue to just, they have so much momentum, right? That they're probably not going anywhere anytime soon. They also have Call of mm-hmm. Duty Mobile, which made just like buckets of money. Um, right. But they also don't have anything else. Blizzard aside, Blizzard aside. Okay, big right. caveat. Right. But Activision, Activision. I don't know. I just feel right. like they're they're uh, they have not really diversified their portfolio. So I'm just kind of curious how that pans out in the future. I wish I kind of just fast forward ten years from now and see if it was indeed a worthy investment. But like, mm-hmm. I'm still curious because like, when all this stuff came out about Activision, I remember Microsoft actually gave a response and they just said we're going to reevaluate our relationship with Activision. And they're like, yeah, we're actually in talks about buying them right now. <laughs> Reevaluate as in own the relationship with Activision. So I don't know. I, sh- I should bring it up a little sooner next time. But uh, I'm kind of curious. Mm. I'm kind of curious what mm. you guys have to say. It's it's a ton of money. From from my understanding, is um, it's not just the Activision that's that's the big chunk of the money. It's uh, some of the other properties, including like mobile gaming as well, buying infrastructure that's already established for cloud right. gaming is another big one. King is a part, and of then it, of course. Yeah. And then, of course, Activision, like the biggest, like the big boy on the block outside of maybe like sports gaming. When you're talking about console gaming is is the duty franchise. Yes, it is absolutely like like I don't know how much more milk they can squeeze from this cow. As a matter of fact, I saw something on Twitter earlier today that was stating how Microsoft is planning to not release a Call of Duty yearly. They're, they're planning on holding it back, maybe to increase demand or some marketing for whatever reason. Idea. Thinking about doing it. That's interesting. But. Um, but Not then having those exclusive rights, you know, gaming, gaming is the future. You know, it 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 really is. I mean, you're dropping 69 Billy. It, that's that's a massive acquisition. Like I want to say, like Disney. I, I want to say, like Disney bought Star Wars for only like four or five billion. You know, and you see how much money it's raked in just off of that property alone. And now we're talking about. It. So imagine what the potential income that they're predicting to get from spending 69 billion dollars. That's mm-hmm. that's that's just insane. Amounts mm-hmm. of money. You are probably right. It probably is an overevaluation, but it might be. The I mean, there's so there's a lot of value in their franchises for sure. Defunct just mm-hmm. said too that Activision is also owner of um of major league gaming. But from my time at Activision, like MLG was just uh it was like a failing department. Um, and they were just tripping over themselves, just trying to even get their footing. Uh so at the moment, I don't think it's very valuable as far as just MLB or MLG. However, that doesn't mean it couldn't become valuable. Uh, and I feel right. like if anybody could turn some of Activision's problems around, it might actually mm-hmm. be Microsoft. I mean, like they're a huge company. They've been in tech for a long mm-hmm. time. They're not like this new like hotshot tech company. So they've had like established culture for a long time that I think Activision could really benefit from uh, because Activision is super old and entrenched, but didn't think of itself as a tech company. So in some ways, it's really old school. Um, mm-hmm. And that's with like all of the the sexism and just the boys club and the misogyny, mm-hmm. racism, blah, blah, blah. Super old school shit right. that you, know, you still find in newer tech companies, too, of course. It's not like it doesn't 
you know, doesn't exist in newer tech companies. However, Activision failed to really like modernize itself internally and their in its culture. Um, and that's mm-hmm. when you started to see that that old school culture was staying um, when it just wasn't okay anymore. And then I felt like it was really inevitable when all of those revelations came out and and they were being sued by uh, the Equal Employment mm-hmm. Bureau uh, that they need to like step up their game because they kind of were entrenched in this old culture that didn't move forward. But Microsoft is like a serious fun company and they're respectable. You know, like I, I actually have a lot of respect for Microsoft overall as a as a company, and especially their Xbox division and their gaming division mm-hmm. overall. Um, I think that they could potentially I mean, culture is a hard thing to turn around. But I think mm-hmm. if anybody has the experience and the institutional knowledge to do so, it might actually be Microsoft because they've been around the block a few times. And for the most part, as a massive tech company that's been around for fucking 30 plus years, more maybe yeah. even. Um, yeah. they haven't gotten in too many scandals, which is actually saying a fucking lot. Yo, you just dropped a whole heap ton of gems, a whole bunch of gems. Um, I just want to just, just piggyback on, on that mountain of gym work. You just, Sorry. Dropped. uh, it's what's, what, what's, what's interesting to me is that I remember when Microsoft first hit the scene and they were considered, you know, kind of brashy and kind of like absolutely going against the norm because they were pushing back against the standard of IBM. And IBM was like suit and tie. You had to come in, you know, look a certain way. There was a term called an IBM man to be to be exact. And if you were a programmer or anything that was involved in that culture, you know, you had to look a certain type of way. It was very corporate business. Mm. And then here comes Bill Gates with his wild ideas and, and, and cubicles that don't have walls and you can wear whatever it is you want. Like this whole thing, like this maverick type of company. And it changed. Uh, it, it changed how um, <clears throat> technology was seen in the office front, like forever. Like they were, they were the people that did that. And now we're seeing them as like a big brother, you know, trying to trying to like change the diaper of Activision, this absolutely shitty diaper that Activision is right now. And it's just it's just odd to see how the the company's mm-hmm. dynamics has changed over like the, these past 30 years. You went from mm-hmm. being the wild maverick to now, you know, you feel like a laundromat and you're, you're cleaning the money that Activision mm-hmm. provides, but mm-hmm. everything you said is spot on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And the only thing that kind of, well, not the only thing that makes it, I mean, like it's, it's hard, it's hard not to be mad at Activision. I remember when that, um, when that, those first articles came out about all the sexism, racism, um, the focus mostly was on sexism in, in the, in the big revelations that happened last year. I remember mm-hmm. when all that came out, I was thinking, yeah, all well, that's true, but I wonder why they're writing about it, which is so fucked up. Because I was, I was just, I was just used to it. I was just used to it. I kind of got, I don't know, I got used to it. And I it, honestly, mm. I genuinely remember being like a little bit puzzled why people cared that much, um, because right. unfortunately, as a woman in gaming, I'm conditioned to accept and just normalize that kind of in- intensely toxic behavior and dynamic. And I just thought it was not very notable because I was used to it. So I hope that changes. Um, yeah. And I, in some ways, in some ways, my heart wants Activision to fucking burn, but also there's a lot of good people there. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> mad at that. I'm mad at it. Listen, you've experienced something and that's your truth. So how you feel yeah. about it is just, is just a reaction of, of what, yeah. of what your truth is. It's just what it is. You know, it, being, changing culture being, is difficult. It's, that's it a very difficult, difficult thing to do. Yeah, there's and, a lot and, more. There's notes and sending memos. Changing mm. culture is is a deep rooted thing, so that, that's so, going to be a challenge. So true. It's so true. Uh, 
I think that despite them being such fuck ups lately, uh, or actually they have been fuck ups for a long time. They just only got caught recently. And I'm glad they did because they definitely did need a little bit of a reckoning with what was going on internally. Um, Bobby Kotick needed to fucking go. And I I think he is as a result of this. He's getting a massive payout. um, So, you know, he's laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, which isn't very satisfying, yeah. but at least his influence over Activision will be severed, at least in a formal way. Um, and despite Activision fucking up and completely deserving the punishment of PR and scandal that they got, they deserve to mm-hmm. be outed. I hope that this acquisition will actually lead to a better culture at Activision mm-hmm. um, and a better company overall because the people are still there. The people that work there, for the most part, are really great people that love games. I've worked with them. They're good people. They're smart people. Um, But culture is bigger than one person, right? And culture persists long past once one individual person leaves. And that's something that's really hard to change. And I hope that this this acquisition can can lead to that. And that Activision can get its act together. Be better. Because we still want good games. They have some really fucking crazy good, like you know, shooting mechanics. Like we can't let that shit go to the ether. Like it needs to be used. Like we still want shooters. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Well, thank All you. Right. Thank you for that. Yeah. For that beautiful insight. Yeah, we we went a little bit over, but I felt like that was worth talking about. Hey, it was All absolutely right, worth it. <laughs> we went a little bit over, but that concludes the news segment for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Guys, it was it was nice being back on Monday. I missed you guys. I must just kind of, <laughs> I'm just shooting the shit in the news. Uh, thank you all in the chat for joining the show, and we will see you guys tomorrow.